This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Champs, welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts podcast. This is your host, Louis Ezekiel, uh, and the E stands for Elon Dubrovsky, who is joining us today to co-host since Ben is making a trans-Canadian move throughout this week. So, Elon, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, I got the E standing for Elon. That's very exciting. Louis, this is so fun. I, I love uh, the short shifts. I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we're really thrilled to have you. I'm very excited for uh, what should be a packed short shifts. Uh, We just want to hit one thing before we head on to today's headlines. Last week, Ben and I did a streamer draft of all players who were 35% or less owned. And we went head-to-head in goals, assists, power play points, shots, hits, and blocks. We just wanted to quickly run through the results of that battle and talk a little bit about some of those streamers who are useful to us and think about how uh, we might want to treat them moving forward as the fantasy hockey playoffs continue. Uh, Ben is not here to defend himself, but I am proud to say I was able to eke out a 4-3-1 victory. I won four of the categories, lost three, and ended up tied in goalie wins. Elon, anything stand out to you from the 35% or fewer owned players that we selected for the weekend games who were standouts? Yeah, well, definitely that was a really fun segment. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I was playing along in my head because I'd already you know done my streams for the weekend, and I was hoping that some of you would agree with me. And you agreed with me on some. I streamed in Dylan Strome, just like Ben did, and just like Ben, I was disappointed by Dylan Strome. No points in those two games. I still like him playing with Patrick Kane in Chicago, but yeah, no points in those two games. I guess the big hits here were like Tyler Bertuzzi had that big four-point game for the Red Wings. So, Lewis, you were very smart to get him. Lewis, you uh, you crushed this on the offense, but I guess a lot on the back of Bertuzzi. You also had Milan Lucic, who randomly had uh, in one game a power play point, a goal and an assist, and then obviously nine hits. So he was a, a huge steal for you and definitely another person that people should be watching next time they could stream in a Calgary Flame. Like, Lucic is still a player in the league, and I guess every once in a while he can produce still. Yeah, that was a real shocker. I certainly was not picking him up because I thought he would get me a goal and an assist. Uh, Certainly more for the hits and maybe a few shots, but that was uh, pretty exciting to have him turn out for me the way he did. Boone Jenner basically did what I was looking for, which was give me peripherals, but he wasn't able to convert on any of it. A little disappointed in Sam Girard. I was right that we would not see Kale McCarr again this weekend, uh, but he did not produce much at all uh, in the way of really anything. A few peripherals for us there. But that is in the past, and we are worried about the future in the 
heat of fantasy hockey playoffs. So we've got to get to our headlines. And the first one is a doozy. And I'm sorry to say we're going to have some people who are going to be sad to hear it, but I'm sure they had to expect it. Nathan McKinnon out with a lower body injury. Yeah, totally brutal. Uh, the news came out like partway through the game was pretty late yesterday. And I was just thinking, oh, people are going to be so mad about this. Uh, we don't know the severity, right? It's a lower body injury. He's apparently going to be reevaluated once the avalanche returned to Denver, which I think was today or tomorrow. So we might find out more by the time people are listening to this. And this is too bad also because it's right on the cusp of we were getting news that like all the avalanche were going to come back, right? Like Makar, Grubauer, Rantanen, like Burakovsky, Kadri. I can't believe that all these superstars are injured, but they've all been like skating recently. And so hopefully McKinnon will come back along with all of these guys. But, uh, you know, in a elimination week in the playoffs, even just losing one or two games from McKinnon can be the death knell for a fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. We are at the point of the season where short term is the only term. And so, yeah, we don't know how long McKinnon may be out for. And hopefully it's very limited. But even just losing a game or two could make or break some fantasy seasons. Uh, And of course, we got to give a shout out to our friend Ben. Let's send him some psychic support here as a McKinnon owner. He was very disappointed to see it. Elon, until we know more, who might benefit from McKinnon's absence, if anyone? Or is this just one of those situations like we had with Couture where yeah, someone's going to maybe get that top line, top power play deployment, but it really hurts everyone because McKinnon is just such an outstanding player. Yeah, I mean, maybe like someone benefits, I guess like for the short term, JT Comfer becomes the top line and top power play centerman. So I guess that's something, but what are you really going to expect from him, right? It's kind of like, you know, Sam Girard, we talked about how, oh, maybe he'll benefit from Makar being out, but I mean, he's still in the end, Sam Girard, and he's not, I guess, a guy that's going to produce offensively for you, even in a good role. And I think it's probably similar for Comfer, you know, guys like Jost and Comfer and Demesnikov, any healthy player who can sneak into the top six might give you something but yeah it's probably bad news for like Landeskog who loses a superstar to play with probably bad news also for Francis who you know now all of a sudden it's a little less likely that Colorado's going to score goals and get him the win so just bad news I don't know Nitschushkin he's a person that might get on the top power play again but overall just hopefully the other players will come back and then then you know that's an extra spot I guess on the top power play for someone but it's not great Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm in the same kind of position. I think we have to share it because it's obviously huge fantasy news, but I don't think anybody jumping up into that position is going to be especially, you know, he's not going to certainly make up for McKinnon. And even, you know, you want the person who is up there playing with McKinnon, not the person who is up there replacing McKinnon. So quite grim, I think, for Colorado in the near future. Hopefully we'll get some news to share with you later on that McKinnon is uh, on the mend and hopefully returning to the lineup before your fantasy playoffs are over keep an eye on at avg time on ice and at keeping carlson for updates yeah it's very unfortunate lewis you know what else is kind of unfortunate i'm gonna take a quick second and thank a sponsor of our episode obviously that's not unfortunate but what would be unfortunate is if you have a medical issue and you have to wait 29 days to see a doctor which is what a lot of americans have to do especially in major u.s cities and you know lewis if you're dealing with a condition that's bothering you like say erectile dysfunction or or hair loss or any of the myriad of things that can bother you in your daily life you want treatment asap and that's why i want to thank our friends roman for sponsoring the episode our friends at roman have spent years building a digital platform that could connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of home roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule you just grab your phone or computer 
You complete a free online visit and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. This is like, you know, when you have UC Saros on your fantasy team, you know that you're going to be getting those good results game in, game out, reliably and quickly. This is not like, you know, his opponent tonight, Carey Price, who maybe every once in a while will get a good start, but for the most part, you're just waiting for him to help you out. You know, Roman is going to help you right away. You're going to get, like I said, uh, you're going to hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments. You can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED or with some sort of cold sore, or you go go check out the website. There's a lot of things that they have treatments for, and you can check it out at getroman.com slash Carlson for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So that's getroman.com slash Carlson, as in Eric Carlson, for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Awesome. Thank you, Elon. Thank you, Roman, for sponsoring our episode. And, you know, unlike UC Saros and those ostentatious uh, golden jerseys, uh, I like that Roman always comes in discreet packaging. Super right. useful. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to another outry. This one in Buffalo. Linus Ulmark returns to the crease for the Sabres and just in time to defeat the Capitals. Uh, great news, I think, but still kind of worrisome to start a Buffalo goalie, uh, especially as they continue to have less and less to play for outside of finding out how Wayne Simmons fits into their lineup maybe for the future. Uh, Elon, how do you feel about Allmark's return? Are you rushing to get him back in if you had him on your injured reserve? Yeah, I think so. Like, if anything, I was clearly too cautious. I was recommending to some patrons who were asking on Monday, you know, who should I drop to activate Allmark? And I was like, I don't know, with this game against Washington, maybe you want to wait wait for the next game. And yeah, you missed out on a 35-save, two goals against Jim, against the Caps. And that's just continuing what Allmark was doing before he got hurt, right? He was playing all the time and generally giving you, like, a really great big number of saves and low number of goals against games. So at this point, obviously, you never know with goalies, but I think Allmark is just like a really good goalie and Buffalo's a team that's maybe not that great, but that could actually help you in terms of your save percentage because that's going to be a lot of shots against, you know, those 35 shots against the Sabres. Uh, the last time Allmark played back in January, uh, 33 saves against the Sens and before the 37 saves versus Nashville. So you could potentially get a big game from him and, and he seems to be dialed in, no rust clearly from this injury. So anything can happen. But yeah, I think that Allmark is someone I would definitely be activating the next time he plays and also i think he might be available in a lot of people's free agency lists and at this point i already said uh on my episode that i recorded with brian on sunday a bunch of players that i would drop carry price for i think i said Corey crawford was one uh, linus allmark is another i i feel free having dropped carry price in the cupful also it helps that i'm eliminated so i don't have to you know worry about it too much but uh yeah price another bad game and if you have him in your lineup or another goalie that's disappointing you linus allmark might be the person to go for yeah, especially in those leagues that do give credit for saves, um, you know, whether it's a category or it's a, a point scorer for you, you know, he's in a spot kind of like Shesterkin where it seems like they're facing an awful lot of shots game in and game out. So even if they let a few goals in, they can kind of make up for it as opposed to um, maybe a Dallas that sometimes, you know, plays that really tight checking style. But when a goal or two sneaks through, you know, you've only got 19 shots against and it doesn't really help you all that much. So those are definitely some leagues where Allmark could be really useful to you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. By uh, the way, uh, Lewis, I wanted to ask, what do you think is more important? Because we talked about Buffalo, and if you recall, uh, we were saying that Jeff Skinner is sort of the guy you want to go for because he's back playing with Jack Eichel, and we said maybe like that makes Victor Olafson someone that you might want to drop. Then I guess. Uh, then he ended up, like, Olafson ended up scoring a goal in yesterday's game while Skinner didn't do anything. And I'm also seeing Olafson's still on the top power play and Skinner's on the second power play. So maybe we didn't give enough play to the fact that even though Olafson may have been bumped from the top line, it's Skinner who's still on the second power play. So who would you take if you could have one of these sabers for the rest of the season, assuming the lines stay the same? Would you rather have line one Skinner or line two power play one Olafson? So this is a debate that Ben and I have kind of been having all season long. And I think it is a really interesting one. And it's tough to call right because you feel validated when the results help your side and you feel like you know you feel dumb when it doesn't quite work out the way that you wanted uh, I did pick up Skinner and then I ended up dropping you know during my bye week and ended up dropping him when he didn't make that first line for a, you know for a game and then he's back up there again I guess my answer is for the Sabres uh, for a team that doesn't score a whole lot um, I guess I would rather have the power play because you want to have the the best opportunity where you get a chance to score here. And obviously, Olafson seems to be a real trigger man on that power play. Um, so I suppose I would take Vic the Stick over uh, our guy Jeff Skinner here in this particular case. If it's a more high scoring team, you know, if somebody got popped up onto the first line in uh, Boston, like we've seen Andre Kasha get some play on that top line here on Tuesday night. That's a time when maybe you want to have the even strength line deployment over perhaps getting, you know, obviously it'd be great to be on that Boston power play too, but just spending lots of time with Pasternak and Bergeron maybe is really appealing to you. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I think I agree with you. All right, well, let's get to, hi, Cody. Let's get to an injury here. Uh, Tori Krug is day to day in Boston with an upper body injury. Uh, once again, we've seen Matt Grizzlick on Power Play 1 where he's got a goal on Tuesday night. Uh, I see this as a rare opportunity to grab a Power Play QB, and although we don't know how long Krug is out, like we said before, you know, all term is short term when you're in the playoffs. Uh, and honestly, Krug, I wonder if he might take his time returning since the Bruins do have a fairly solid grasp on their playoff position. And we've seen him, you know, kind of come back too early from injury and have to exit the lineup again. I think Matt Grizzlick might be the ad of the night based on what we know and about his positional scarcity. Are you running to the waiver wire to grab Matt Grizzlick if you have a defensive opening on your team? Yeah, I think definitely you are. And we've seen this before. As soon as Krug gets injured, it's not Charlie McAvoy who gets on the top power play. It's Matt Grizzlick. And Grizzlick uh, scored a power play goal today. <laughs> so there you go. He's doing it already. And I guess the Bruins don't have an amazing schedule the rest of the week. They play Friday, Saturday. So maybe Krug will be back by then. So I'm, I don't know if you rush to grab Grizzlick right now. Maybe there's someone better you can add that's going to play Wednesday or Thursday. But if news comes out that Krug is still out come Friday versus Buffalo, I know it's against Linus Allmark. He might be tough to score against, but I think I'd still get Grishuk into your lineup if you can. Yeah, definitely. And if you are a team that is currently on, you know, maybe it's your first week of the playoffs here this week and you're on a bye, I think a great way to use one of those speculative ads would be to grab Grizzlick so that in the in the case uh, Krug does not make a quick return and is out for a little while, maybe even, you know, until a few games before the playoffs, I think that could really pay off for you. It already is for anyone who added him. 
Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, though, that you said about the Boston lines in general today. So they had Marshawn playing with Kasha and Bergeron and then Pasternak with Krejci and Sean Corrali. So uh, I wonder if that's something that's going to last or just something they're trying out since uh, why not against Philadelphia? Philly, Philly's a tough team, but I guess, you know, Boston is pretty locked into their playoff spots. Maybe at this point, they just want to see what they can do with different combinations. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for updating that, too. I guess I had a couple of the players uh, bounced around a little bit. But yeah, definitely interesting to see some, you know, uh, one of the most solid lines that has seen very little change throughout the season get a little bit of a shakeup here late in the season. Let's see. Up next, we've got a series of oucheries. Uh, let's take a look at a couple folks who are making their way back up into the lineup. Brock Besser, Morgan Riley, and Peter Mrazek. I'll start with Besser here. I wonder if Tyler Toffoli owners, myself included, uh, I made a big trade to grab Toffoli when I thought that Besser was going to be done for the regular season. Uh, do you think Toffoli's in any danger? It does seem right now that Besser is getting eased back in as he's projected to start on line two and power play two. Puck has not dropped in that game as of this recording. Uh, That line two is still a nice spot with Pearson and Horvat, and it seems like it would be a nice boost for anyone who owns either of those players at even strength. So the other BB, not my esteemed co-host, but Brock Besser is also going to start on that second power play, but I wonder how long that's going to last. I would imagine that sooner or later he's going to bump either Horvat or Toffoli from that top power play, which would be a nice boost for whichever of the two of them sticks around. Uh, What do you think about Toffoli in the intermediate term here as we head uh, through our playoffs? Yeah, so I guess it's like two things. First of all, Tyler Toffoli has been great since he's arrived in Vancouver, and he's done well on his line with Elias Pettersson and JT Miller. So I don't think there's too much fear of them splitting that up. And like you said, there's that second line with Pearson and Horvat's a good spot for Besser. And I don't know if Besser bumps like Toffoli or Horvat from the top power play so quickly. Obviously, it's just speculation. Who knows? And I don't know how much the injury that Besser ended up missing time for had to do with the fact that he wasn't playing well before he got hurt. But like Besser, don't forget, was super cold. He had only two assists in, in 12 games or or 11 games before he got injured and then missed all this time. So, I don't I don't know like I Obviously, like you want to get Besser back into your lineup if you have him in your IR, and like obviously you want to add him if he's still available. But I don't want people to start thinking that Besser's like for sure going to be like their savior of the season. Like, just remember how much he was struggling before, and like you said, now he's going on to the second line, which is still a good place. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Canucks don't necessarily shake things up if they're working. So I, you know, I think it's going to be a game by game basis type of thing, and we'll see how tonight goes. Everyone listening will know, and maybe Besser has already gotten like four goals, and everyone's thinking, man. Elon totally uh, underrated him but I yeah I don't know I'm not like for example there's a league where someone else grabbed him and I was thinking of getting him but I didn't get him in time and you know what I'm not beating myself up because Besser was was slow before and he's not even on the top line Ben did spend some fab to grab him so it'll be interesting to see I'm a little you know their schedule is interesting they play tonight Tuesday and then uh, they have the Thursday Friday back-to-back with nothing on the weekend so I would be interested to see how many of those Vancouver players hit the waiver wire had into the end of the week if you have a huge lead in your playoff and you're heading on to the next round that might be a good opportunity to make some hay on the waiver wire save a pick or two for the weekend and see if some of those vancouver players end up getting dropped oh interesting yeah i guess we'll have to see what happens i guess every league is different 
Uh, Tanner Pearson, though, is someone who could benefit, right? All of a sudden, Pearson's playing with Horvat and Besser, at least today. And Pearson, of all these players that we've mentioned, is the most likely to be in free agency in some leagues. And he's already on a good roll. I'm seeing like two, three shots every single game. Lots of hits. He's got three goals in his last five games. And now we'll see how he does today in this game against the Islanders. But he could be a really good person to grab for. Like I said, like these three games coming up at the end of the week. Yeah, very lightly owned, uh, someone that I grabbed in that under 35% owned draft, and he paid off for me with a goal, a bunch of shots, and some hits too. So yeah, really appealing uh, peripherals player with some scoring upside there as well. How about Peter Mrazek stepping into an unchallenged number one spot with Reimer still injured and Nedeljkovic back in the AHL? It'll be maybe a little tough to judge his performance since he's going up against my worst team in hockey uh, tonight. It looks like we're going to have a victory for the Canes. But yeah, I think anyone playing behind the unstoppable offense of Morgan Geeky is certainly <laughs> worth taking a look at, uh, especially if he was dropped or if you have him in IR. Uh, ben and I dropped Tristan Jari to get Mrazek into our podcast league today, and it paid off with a win. Thoughts on Mrazek, maybe uh, comparing him to Ulmark, who we've looked at previously. Yeah, uh, so obviously Mrazek's going to get the win today against Detroit. I guess there's uh, 10 minutes left, but, you know, Detroit putting up a fight, 4-2 to two right now, so we'll see. Uh, but I'm not so into Peter Mrazek. I don't think he's a, that great of a goalie. He hasn't had an amazing season. I would definitely prefer Linus Allmark. Like, I guess if you are only going for wins, you've got to imagine Carolina's a better team than Buffalo. But as far as numbers, like your rate stats, I would probably prefer Allmark, obviously, with the caveat that it's very hard to predict goalies. But also, uh, Anton Forsberg had that good game on the weekend that helped you clinch the win in your bet against Ben. So maybe he gets another shot sometime soon. Like, I don't know if Mrazek is like an undoubtedly goalie that's not going to get challenged. Like, I think if Carolina's smart, they know that you're not riding Petter Mrazek to the ground. Like, it's good. Like, last year they had McElhenney to split games with him. And I think if they have to rely on Anton Forsberg to split games with him, I don't think that would be that rare of an occurrence or something that they would be so abhorrent to do. Yeah, I think you made a really good point, and that's right the direction that I was thinking of going, is that you look at Allmark basically unchallenged right now. Uh, Hutton was not you know, anything special. He was not early season Hutton uh, in his time filling in for Allmark. Uh, so even though Mrazek, you know, I, I suppose you're right. I did say he's into an unchallenged number one spot, but Anton Forsberg may in fact provide a challenge for him here. I don't see him getting more than one out of every three games, but uh, that's probably, you know, the, the floor for Allmark's performances moving forward outside of back-to-back. So, yeah, I think I would take Allmark over Mrazek, given the opportunity. Yeah, obviously you got to check your lineup and see who you have room for on different days. But both goalies that you might want to get in, if you can, and it's always good to know which available goalies are useful. But Mrazek always has just concerned me. And I think Mrazek's someone who could blow you up and, like, ruin your week. And I hate having a goalie that I'm afraid to play on, like, a Saturday because, you know, my whole season could be riding on it and then he could let in six goals and just screw you over. Yeah, absolutely. One more outtree to talk about. We have Morgan Riley returning as the power play to QB in Toronto. No points, I don't believe, on Tuesday night here. Any interest for you, Elon? Uh, so yeah, like you said, second power play, no points, one shot in this game against Tampa. Big win, by the way, for the Leafs over Tampa, a potential playoff preview, actually. But overall, Morgan Riley, like, he's definitely not the player from last year. Like, he's not producing this season. He's got 27 points in 47 games overall, which is good for a 47-point pace, which is good, but obviously way below the 72-point pace of last season and the, even the 57-point pace of the season before. So I don't see a reason to expect 
expect Morgan Riley to be any different than that, unless something changes with Tyson Berry running the top power play. So Riley's definitely worth owning in a lot of leagues. Like a 47-point defenseman doesn't grow on trees, but at the same time, he's not like a sure thing. Like people were asking, like, oh, who, uh, Roy, Riley's coming back. Who should I drop? We were getting tweets like that, and it was all like good players. And I was thinking, yeah, in, in this case, keep Riley in IR. So depends who you're comparing him against. But yeah, I'm not overly excited, but also he's obviously someone that should be owned in all leagues for the most part. All right, so let's make a comparison here. Uh, let's say you have the opportunity to pick up either Morgan Riley, who, you know, maybe you're in a shallow re- league and he got dropped, or maybe you're thinking about putting him back in your lineup, or you could grab Matt Grizzlick. Who do you like <laughs> between those two? Wow. Okay. Well, the thing is, Tory Crew could be back, right? So it depends. If I have acquisition limits, I would probably grab Riley because he's safer. But if I knew that Crew, if news comes out tomorrow that Tory Krug is going to miss the next two weeks, I'll take Matt Grizzlick, definitely. But I don't think that news is going to come out. I think that Krug is day-to-day. So, uh, yeah, that's very newsworthy. But, yeah, it, it is a good comparison. And, and what do you think? If the news did come out that Krug is injured, would you agree that you'd rather have Grizzlick than Riley? I think if I was starting choosing between starting either of them for one game and I'm just trying to get the most points out of that position I want Matt Grizzlick because I think he's got that upside yeah but maybe another interesting comparison is what about like Tyson Barry versus Morgan Riley because yeah Barry's the one on the top power play but he went pointless again today for the fourth game in a row so and now he's like on a not the best pace overall. I guess he's had a few two-assist games over the past couple of weeks, but he's also had a lot of quiet games. I guess you still got to go Barry, right? Just because of the deployment? Yeah, I think I would. And obviously he's shown that he can, you know, be a top power play guy, at least in Colorado, where it maybe sometimes seems a little too easy to be a top power play guy. But, you know, there's a ton of talent in Toronto, too. I think you just go with the one who's got that top deployment. You know, it's always a little streaky if you have you know, a 45, 50 point defenseman, there's a lot of games where they're not going to go out and get a point for you. So I think you got to kind of be patient and just play your odds with the best possible deployment. Yeah. Do you know anything about why Tyson Barry only had like 15 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time today? I'm just looking at the box score now. Normally he's above 20 minutes. Is it like Morgan Riley came back and that just cut into Barry's even strength ice time? So, no, I can't say for sure. I don't have that uh, red phone line straight into uh, Sheldon Keefe's head. But (laughs) from the looks of it, it seems like Barry was a bit of a defensive liability. I'm seeing a lot of people sharing this little clip of Blake Coleman just going right around Barry and getting a great opportunity almost uh, to, to score and tie things up. Uh, a lot of people concerned about Barry's performance. So it seems like he was limited in his ice time uh, to kind of send a message about his play in the defensive zone. Okay, that makes sense. And then the Leafs had the lead early in the third period. So maybe they just wanted to have their more defensive-minded defensemen out there. Anyways, yeah, Barry versus Riley. I could see that being close, but I'd still lean Barry. And also that's a question that I asked. So maybe no one even cares and has to make that comparison. All right, well, let's talk about a few other power play two defensemen, not the ones that we are used to talking about. Um, What do you think about the power play two demotions to Victor Hedman, who is now out with a lower body injury through at least Tuesday, but he's been seeing that power play two time with uh, Mikhail Sergachev up in power play one, and Chris Letang, who did pot a goal here on Tuesday night, so good for him. But should owners be freaking out at this point if we are in the time where you're starting to make, you know, desperation ads and drops? Are we thinking about uh, pulling the ripcord on one of these players? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that would be extreme, but it is very interesting to see, like, at the same time, both of these guys who have been top power play defensemen forever getting, I guess, superseded by Justin Schultz and Mikhail Sergachev. And I don't know what you can really do about it this season. Like, you're obviously not going to be dropping Latang and Hedman. And plus, they're still on the ice a lot. Like, Latang had a goal and an assist today, even though they were both at even strength. It still counts, right? But Justin Schultz did score a goal of his own, and it makes Schultz interesting. It makes uh, uh, Sergachev interesting i think the the more intrigue comes for next season and for drafts right like now all of a sudden these aren't guaranteed top power play defensemen that you want to rank higher than other guys like you would have before uh dustin one of the patrons was making fun of me because there was a podcast when i first brought up that sergachev had taken over for uh victor hedman and then i said like oh should people be worried in keeper leagues and maybe try to trade hedman now before people realize that that's not his job for sure then dustin was making fun and saying how i basically saying oh one game of hedman off the top power play so you know trade him everywhere his his career's over uh and obviously i'm not saying that but it is i think possible like let me know if i'm being too alarmist here but it might be the case that headman's value right now is the highest maybe it'll ever be like moving forward because he'll still always have value for the next few seasons but if he's not guaranteed to be on the top power play then that definitely limits his ceiling i would think yeah, I think that's true. And and we should note, you know, we're talking about a guy who's got 55 points right now. So it's not we are not calling him washed up here. But yeah, that deployment does matter a lot. And, and I think you, you've got it that it's more of a concern to consider for the offseason. We'll have a whole offseason to agonize about it. In the meantime, I think you nailed it. We can't really do anything about it. Those of us who are Hedman and Latang owners uh, obviously enjoy Latang's recent production and hope that he keeps it up. Justin Schultz becomes very interesting. I believe he's the most available of the four defensemen we've talked about. Mikhail Sergachev is pretty thoroughly owned. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out on the waiver wires for those folks. Okay. Oh, so Lewis, let me throw a comparison out for you. Who would you rather add? And this might be an option people can make. Tory Krug, news comes out that he's injured. Let's say that happens. Grizzlick or Justin Schultz? I think the safer bet is here is to go with uh, Grizzlick because if there is an injury to Krug, he's pretty much unchallenged in his position. Uh, Schultz was good tonight, and I think that's great, but you know, we could see Mike Sullivan decide to change things up. I think they're still very much trying to recover from this kind of slump that they went through that got Latang demoted in the first place. So I think we could see a change come up just about any time where we see that swap made and Latang makes his way back up. So if there's if there's a real injury to Krug that you know we can confirm and kind of get a timeline on, I prefer Grizzlick just because that spot is going to be more secure. Yeah, I concur. Uh, by the way, in this Pittsburgh game, they won five to two. No points for Sidney Crosby. Like I-, I would be tilting right now if I was still alive in my cupful season, but I've been eliminated a lot because of Crosby, as people heard me whine about on the last show. And he's continuing to do nothing, especially in a six or five goal game. Very, very frustrating. Only one shot. Also, what's happening with this guy? Yeah, you definitely would have wanted to see a little bit more uh, production there. This was certainly disappointing uh, for anyone who was relying on Crosby as a as a early round pick to to carry them so yeah very disappointing and sad to hear but you will you know i think you deserve some congratulations you're going to be uh, reprising your role in tier one next year that's something that i wish i would have been able to say at this time last year but i <laughs> yeah. was in i was busy getting uh, eliminated back down to tier two fighting for my life here hoping to make my back way back into tier one uh, to take you on next season 
Yeah, that'll be a blast. Hopefully you and Ben, well, Ben needs to bounce back. Hopefully you can, are you, you're ahead right now, right? You're going to hold your lead, hopefully. And then that will be a blast. Brian will hang out in tier two. He didn't make the playoffs there. He came very close. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely happy to make the playoffs. I, I was whining mostly for effect. Uh, it, was, it was a really tough division. Tier one of the couple is the toughest league I've ever been in. So just to make the playoffs, I consider it victory enough because I don't get relegated. Absolutely. I think that's a huge, that's a huge win just to get to hang out in that top tier and you learn a ton playing with these really skilled players. And it's an awesome opportunity for anyone who is out there who would like to potentially become a patron of Keeping Carlson. Join us over the summer. Uh, you were talking last show, you know, just become a patron for a buck and get access to everything that we make available. And then in the fall, if you want to up that to a $5 a month patronage, you can play in the toughest league that I know of. I don't know any other promotion relegation leagues with 18 divisions out there in the fantasy hockey world. So it's a really thrilling league to be a part of for sure. Yeah, that would be great. We'd love for you to sign up. Also, we're going to be having a lot of talk over the summer of different rules we might want to change. Like a couple's an ever-evolving league, and we've had lots of great suggestions coming in already. So yeah, join the conversation in the Facebook group for how we can shape this league and just keep it as one of the best leagues out there. And yeah, sign up, keepingcarlson.com slash patron. All right, Elon, we are just about ready to wrap up, but I want to jump something on you that I didn't even put in our prep document. Uh If you were going to be looking for a replacement for Nathan McKinnon's production, how do you feel about this tear that Justin Williams has been on? A goal tonight against Detroit, I believe that puts him on a four-game goal streak. He is just producing like mad. How do you feel about Justin Williams here as somebody that you can slot in? And again, we're saying all term is short term at this point in the season. Could that be someone who might help you uh, stem the bleeding from losing a Nathan McKinnon? Yeah, I mean, it couldn't hurt. It, you, you can't argue with it. Like, he's not even getting the most exciting deployment. Like, he does get a decent amount of power play time, but his even strength line mates are Stahl and McGinn. But doesn't seem to matter. He keeps pointing every game. And I mentioned it on the last show. Maybe he was just shaking off the rust before. And now he's ready to go. I don't know. I don't know if this for real or not but in this shorter term it's like ride the hot streak for as long as it lasts so yeah i would definitely grab justin williams if you can and if you have an open spot all the better like obviously it depends who else is available and you could tweet at us at keeping carlson or at avg time on ice with a few options and we can let you know what we think but yeah i would definitely have justin williams on my watch list and getting really close to adding him if i had a spot six goals in the last five games Uh, I'm looking at 22 shots in those last five games with still five minutes to play against Detroit. Only 9% owned. So that's a guy who is widely available uh, who might be someone who's going to be appealing for you to run out there and grab. Yeah, agree for sure. By the way, Capo Caco. But I don't know. I guess we could go all night. This is so fun. Just looking at the scores and commenting. Two goals for Caco. So I wonder if he's someone that might be able to bounce back. I'm seeing he scored a goal in the second assisted by Zabanajad, which makes me want to jump and see what's going on with the line combos in New York. Maybe we can leave that as an exercise to the listener but uh that would obviously be interesting if Kako could have a late season surge for the rangers and we should mention igor shostyorkin back in net and i'm gonna take some credit i don't know there were some people asking if they should play shostyorkin or someone else tonight in our facebook group people are always asking for these sit start decisions and i said i have no concerns about shostyorkin i don't care that he had a bad game whatever like maybe he was just you know getting back after uh that car accident he was shaken up and he's having a gem tonight we'll see if he can hold on for the shutout i don't believe in jinx by the way so i'm gonna say Hopefully he can hold on for the shutout against Dallas. Great call, Elon. I had the option of starting Saros, Shesterkin, Price, and Bishop. And I started Shesterkin and Saros, and I'm feeling very good about my decision. 
Yeah, if you would have started Price, that would have been a dumb mistake. Yeah, I think he will be hitting the waiver wire just as he did for you. All right, Elon. Well, it has been a blast having you on the show. Thank you so much for filling in for Ben. You were a superstar. You're making my editing job nice and easy. I got to hack my part apart, but your parts were excellent. Uh, thanks so much for stopping by. Ah, come on, Lewis. You did great. And, and no one needs to know also about this. As far as the listeners are concerned, everything you say is always pristine and perfect. No edits required. But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I don't We've Have we ever done a show, just the two of us? I think this might be the first time, unless I have a really bad memory. No, I think we had you on when we were with Locked On and you were a guest for one episode that Ben had to sit out. So not on not on our network, but on the old network. We did one show together and it was great. We really had a fun time. That's why I knew that today was going to be excellent too. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm uh, looking forward to doing it all again. And thanks again for coming on and doing these shows on our feed in the first place. It's been great listening to you and Ben and you've done an awesome job. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the shows for the rest of the season. All right. Well, thanks so much. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thanks as always to the patrons of keeping carlson you are the reason that we get to produce these shows and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short bye bye